Hello, how are you guys doing? It's your host, Johnny from Johnny's Book Reviews, the site to help inspire you guys to go read. So go read. Yeah, read anything and everything. That's what I really hope you guys to do. If it's a graphic novel, read it. If it's a fiction book, read it, right? And that's the, the thing that I recommend you guys doing and trying to inspire you guys to do. All right, I want to briefly mention my April schedule for you guys. If you guys want to skip this, you can, but... I want to mention the April schedule of the book reviews that I'm going to do each Friday. So last week I reviewed a awesome book and that was Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover, a very spicy romance book. It, it was really good. All right. And I, I highly suggest you guys reading it if you like romance. It's a really good book. This week I am reviewing Tori Dunlap's book, Financial Feminist, a solid book about finances. I really like this book, and it makes sense. The other books that I've read, like by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they make sense. But again, it's so hard to do that stuff when you're we don't when you don't have a good financial basis and a financial habit situated with. And Tori Dunlap's book really focuses on financial habits and building that not for a short term but for the long term, and I really really like that. Next week, I'm going to be reviewing Liminous by Jim Quick. This is a great book. This is a book by a brain coach, and he mentions a lot specifically on how to train your your brain to remember more, etc. And that is next week again. That's on April 21st. And then on April 28th, I am going to be reviewing... The Magic Treehouse graphic novel series. This is a great series. I just finished all four of them. The fifth one comes out in August. I can't wait for that. That's the Ninja one. I really am excited for that. But uh, this is a great series. It's where Jack and Annie go into a, a treehouse that has magic in it. And they're the only ones that can see it. It's only the ones that can actually use this treehouse to its advantage. Basically, it's a treehouse that allows jack and andy to go to specific parts of history you know the titanic the ice age the dinosaur time period etc and it's really cool to see that i wouldn't mind this series to be a little bit older like uh if mary potentially makes it into like an adult series that would be pretty cool but i, I know that probably won't happen but I really like these books. It's really awesome. And I'm going to be talking to you guys about that. we discussing how these books really started my reading journey. And I have no complaints over these books. So I can't wait for that episode as well. And then I'll be providing a little bit more episodes here and there about things that I found about reading, banned books, etc. I just keep on getting articles about banned books. So many districts and so many schools are banning books now. Uh, there was one that I, I was rot or I, I was feud about was about the school, you know, got complaints from a parent, several parents about books having sexual content in them and pulling them. Now, of course it doesn't really make sense to have those books in middle school, but if there's an age restriction, then it makes sense. And I think high schoolers should be allowed to read those books. But I want to provide a little bit more episodes for you guys for that. So uh, I have provided one this week as well. It was called How to Find an Independently Self-Published Author. It's been very popular. You know, self-published authors are now going onto the map because of TikTok. And basically that's where so uh, an author like what I did was where they published the book through, for example, the, the most popular one is Amazon where they could publish a book through Amazon. They, they make it for you. They print it out and it's very easy to do. And you don't have to worry about an agent. You have to worry about seeing if you're going to get denied or anything like that from a big publisher. And it makes it so much easier, but it's, it's becoming big now, and uh, in that episode, I, I mentioned how to find out if who you're looking for is independently published or, or not. 
And again, if it's independently published or self-published, it's going to be very hard to find that anywhere else, like at any of the bookstores, like Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, because it's not supplied by a big publisher, right? It's self-published. And so the only place that really will carry that is Amazon because Amazon has a self-publishing service called Kindle Public Service where if you want to write your book, you can put your book there and it's very simple to do, easy, straightforward to do. And you can publish your book through there and it puts it on Amazon. And that's how I did it. And that's how I was able to get my book on Amazon. It's, it's very easy and you're able to get your book on there. And in that episode, I talk a lot more about self-published authors. So if you want to check that out, that was my prior episode. So definitely check that out. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, and Twitter at Johnny's Book Reviews, definitely do that. Provide a ton of reviews on there as well. So Goodreads is just uh, review-based. Now, for my other social media handles, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc., those are the ones where I provide you know my reviews, but also videos over the books, and then also provide little pictures of you know signed books I get or pictures of quotes I see from books that spark my interest. I provide a ton of stories on my uh, Instagram page, so definitely stay tuned for those and definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews and follow me, of course, too. And then also I provide a short everyday over over a book that I see, signed book that I'm getting or have collected, or a review over a book. Um, I'm going to probably hit it more short reviews on that platform, so definitely stay tuned for that. But again, you can uh, follow me on YouTube at Johnny's Book Reviews, so follow me and uh, get awesome tips and book reviews and also videos, short videos of books that I think look cool etc and then also my website at johnny'sbookreviews.com i have a ton of book reviews that i haven't been able to put on here yet so definitely look at that i have also a lot of reading questions that i have on there like how do i save money on books how have i not spent any money on books etc etc and one year I, i spent no money on books and i provide a blog on there so definitely look at that if you guys want to support this channel you can give a donation from $2 to $10 per month that helps out provide better reviews for you guys or help with equipment, etc. to provide better reviews. And then also, if you guys want to support this channel too, we I have merch on the uh, bonfire.com at Johnny's Book Reviews. I have a read bands book where I have eight band books that I sparked my interest and that I've read. And, you know, they go over a wide range of topics, sexuality, gender, sexual assault, mental health, etc. And I thought those books were really good to put onto the shirt. And so that's what I did. Reband books. I have two lines. And then I also have a go read line, challenge yourself line, the Johnny's Book Reviews logo line. So definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews on bonfire.com. And then, of course, follow this podcast for more reviews that comes out every Friday. So I'll, I'll drop a episode every Friday, roughly around 8 to 10 a.m. So definitely check that out. Stay tuned and follow or subscribe to this podcast. All right. This episode is one of the, the like kind of the ones that I enjoy the most because I really talk about finances and I love finances. I've been growing my financial habit over the last several years and it's been fun working on it. It's been stressful too. Like, Oh my gosh, like, ah, you know, you live in pay to check the paycheck and you're trying to figure out how to build your financial future for not only next year, but for 30, 40 plus years. Right. And I think that's the big key. But today I'm reviewing Tori Dunlap's book called Financial Feminists. A lot of people don't like the book. There's been a mixed reviews, but honestly, this is a solid book. I, I think it's it's a really good book, nonetheless. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about it, talking a little bit about the lessons that I got from the book, uh, credit card debt, debt in general, emergency saving account, etc. And it's going to be a big episode, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned. And without further ado, let's get into it. So before we begin, let's talk about real estate. It's a really good passive income, but 
how do you get into real estate? You have to buy the property and deal with annoying tenants. Who wants that? Really? What if you could buy into a portfolio an account that buys the properties for you and handles the tenants? Is that such a thing? Yep. It's called a real estate index funnel, but I use Fundrise as this company is one of the better real estate index funds out there. You can start as little as $5. And if you use my referral link, you get $25. HTTPS slash slash fundrise.com slash R slash OPR 3ZP. Again, it's fundrise.com slash R slash OPR 3ZP. You'll get a $25. I'll get $25 as well. But the main point is that you're going to be setting up a real awesome real estate portfolio risk fee. You don't have to worry about the tenants. You don't have to worry about buying the property. They have properties, commercial warehouses, and multi-million dollar apartment complexes. When you invest into this account, you're buying shares specifically into those buildings and those properties that they own. Now, but once you buy or put money into the account, diversifies it into all the properties that they own. So again, use my referral link, sign up, and get started with real estate today. Again, my referral link is com slash ROPR3ZP. Again, the referral link is OPR3ZPR. So first off, what's Financial Feminist about? It's a financial guidebook to fix your finances now. The biggest problem that I have with financial books, and I've read over 20 plus of them, is that it doesn't really fix your financial habits. And that's the biggest thing you have to fix, is you have to fix your fi- your habits around finances, your behavior around finances. If you're a big spender like me, you spend on ridiculous things and you know you, you spend all the money that you had from your paycheck on, you know, Funkos or restaurants or wherever it is. And you have no money else for your bills or anything like that. I know I've been there. I I, I still kind of do it sometimes, but the biggest thing is if you're like that, you need to fix that so that you're able to build a better financial future for yourself for the long term retiring wise being able to go on a vacation not have to worry about paying for your bills etc and that's that's the beauty and i've been working on that for the last year uh well several years but in the last year the it really those positive habits those financial positive habits have really kicked off and it really has paid off so yeah i mean i don't really spend as much as i used to Right, and I, I dump every money that I can toward my debt. So I want to pay off my hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in debt in five years, and this is really focusing me to be laser focused and figure out what matters, what doesn't matter, what can we spend on, what we can't spend on, and it's been a journey. And you know, that's the biggest thing is like now I had to figure out specifically on what matters most, and. You know, Funko Pops, restaurant food don't matter. And so I'm kind of slashing that up. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to per like cut costs in other ways as well. And it's been honestly an enjoyable process. So this book has no BS, no restrictions, but it's a way to fix your financial behavior with this book. It's an important as, as fixing your finances start with fixing your habits. You have to fix your habits before anything else. Again, if you're a spender, you're going to keep on spending. If you get 60 70 80 90 100k per year right the more money you make the more you're gonna spend it's simple as that right and that's the biggest thing it's like oh my god why am i living paycheck to paycheck look at your finances first and foremost what where's that money going and that might explain it for me i i was living paycheck to paycheck you know still am kind of but the biggest thing is that now I know where my finances are going and I figured out that I was spending way too much on restaurant food. I wasn't uh, locating all my money in certain areas. I wasn't budgeting for car repairs, etc. And it just was a 
downhill spiral from there. And I think that's really what I had to focus on for the last several years. All right, who is Tori Dunlop? Tori Dunlop is actually an entrepreneur and a good financial expert over finances. Now, she saved over 100K in five years, which is really good, honestly. She invested and had multiple streams of income, but ultimately she did save 100K in five years. And she documents that journey on her uh, epi- or on her blog called Her First 100K. And she actually was able to quit her job. And now her business, link last year, put in at least two or three million dollars in revenue which is really good so she developed her podcast called financial feminists a great podcast that i recommend anyone to listen to but her idea and the way she saved and invested 100k in five years really prompted me to be like okay let's pay off my debt in five years hundred and twenty five thousand dollars worth let's do it with some fun Little restriction, and ultimately this is going to really establish a great financial habit for the future as well. And I can't wait what this process will entail, and I'm going to provide my uh, journey through that, hopefully through a book as well as some blog posts as well. So stay tuned for that at johnnysbookreviews.com as well as medium.com under Johnny's Book Review. So definitely check that out. I'm going to be providing a lot of information through there about my journey through this and I, I've provided a couple information about that but it or a couple blogs about that as well but it's been a crazy journey so far you know I almost paid off all my credit card debt or my personal loan right now if you guys haven't checked out my prior episode over this definitely check it out where I mentioned brief I mentioned in full detail on how I'm gonna pay off this hundred and twenty five thousand dollar debt in five years it's a very it's an episode I've done a while ago, so you'll have to keep on scrolling down. But I think, but this is an episode I did a while ago, so if you guys want to check that out, definitely check that out. You'll have to scroll a little bit to find it, but definitely check it out if you haven't already. But my ultimate goal is to pay off that debt in five years. And right now, I have a personal loan that I use for my credit card debt. And so right now, I've almost paid that off. Once that's paid off, I'm going to my private loan that I got for Denison. And then that's only small. That's small as well. That's about $8,000. And then from there, I'm paying off my big, my, my major, my major student loan debt, which is roughly around $108,000. So that should be a fun one. And I can't wait for that. And again, I'll document all that, not only in those podcasts, but also on those uh on the johnnysbookreviews.com as well as medium.com so definitely check that out so my review i gave it a five out of five with good reason this is my in-depth review over this book from my goodreads page if you guys don't know my goodreads page is where i document and review all the books that i read i'm on there heavily and or I'm on there every day, so definitely check that out if you haven't. The link is down in the description below. Now, this is the uh, my in-depth review or kind of a pretty lengthy review that I put on uh, Goodreads. So here it is. So it's one of the best financial books I've read. It was well-rounded and enjoyed the aspect of saving money toward things you love, your fun stuff. You can't restrict yourself 100%. Because you're not going to stick with that plan. Building your financial wealth and building a good financial health will take 10 plus years. It's going to take you a long time to build. It starts now and this book is the financial book I would recommend. Dave Ramsey's ideas like in Total Money Makeover are good, but they need a little tweaking uh, that this book covers. You know, honestly, Dave Ramsey is very conservative. This is all from the review, but Dave Ramsey is very conservative very strict some of his methods don't really work that well like the a thousand dollar emergency account it's a good it's a great starting point but again like you should have a little bit more in there at least upwards to three to six months in your saving account just in case so that you are you know you feel comfortable so that you can start paying off your debt in 
so you can pay off your debt comfortably, but also that you're able to, to pay off the debt and not have to go back and start rebuilding your uh, emergency account when you know emergencies happen. And then back to the review. So an example is credit card. He mentions to cut up credit cards and not to get one. Tori argues against this, and I do too. Credit cards are pivotal for building solid credit score, one that allows you to buy land, houses, and a car with a low interest rate. What I like about Ramsey is how he paid off $3 million in debt, and this initiated his strict plan that he has. I like his plan, which I'm, I'm using, but I'm also using the plan from this book, Tori Dunlap's book, Financial Feminist. But I'm adding some things to it, like saving more than $1,000, which is what Dave Ramsey mentions, and investing money in my 401k that Dave Ramsey argues against if you have a ton of debt. So the biggest thing with Ramsey is that he mentions you should just get $1,000 in emergency account, then pay all your money toward or put all your money toward debt and then invest in your 401k later. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. You should get at least three to six months ex- uh, emergency saving account, pay off your debt, but at the same time, put at least five to 10%, depending on how much you make into your 401k into and then also, I would suggest you get put at least 5 to 10% into your savings account and also into things that you're budgeting for. For example, car repairs, your car insurance in the next couple months, your phone bill, etc. So he wants you to pay off debt first, and I don't agree with that. You have to find what uh, works best for you because financial, finance is personal. Now, the book I don't particularly like is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. This is an overrated and an advanced financial book. I say advanced because he basically mentions assets. You should have assets. And the more assets you have, the more money you're going to make. But again, this guy has $1.2 billion in debt. So honestly, it's like, should you really trust this guy? I mean, honestly, for me, when I look at the $1.2 billion, I'm looking at him like, okay, some of it might be good. You know, he has a lot of real estate debt, et cetera. But for me, I'm looking at that amount, and I honestly don't like it. For me, I personally don't like debt. And so for me, I'm like, eh, that's a red flag for me. But again, finances are personal, so whatever he has could work for him. For me, I, I hate debt. And I only have 125000 and I want to get it done, and I want to get it rid of as quickly as humanly possible. The biggest problem with Robert Kiyosaki's book, it doesn't go over debt. I think that's a big uh, thing that a lot of people have to fix. It's a big financial habit that a lot of people have to fix before they start investing, before they start getting assets like real estate investing, like if they're going to commercial properties or residential properties, etc., you have to fix the way that you handle debt, the way that you handle, you know, taking out a credit card and taking out loans, etc. You have to be able to handle that. You have to be able to handle the amount of money that you don't own and being responsible with that. I think that's a huge thing that you have to work on before you get into investing and well, putting a lot of money into vesting and then also putting a lot of money in, into real estate, etc. So it doesn't go over debt that I, you know many people are saddled with. How can I build assets that he mentions in this book when I don't have money for emergencies or have 100K in debt like I do? That's the biggest thing is like he doesn't mention the emergency saving account. He doesn't mention debt. And I think those two things are very important to establish, to build before you get into assets, before you build and get into multiple other financial streams. Now, once you get those two things situated with and you have built a great financial basis around those two things, then you can start going into more looking into ways of getting into more assets like real estate investing, etc. So I say debt because if you pay off your debt, then you can dump that money into the 401k Roth IRA or for something you've always wanted to do like travel, uh, rich dad, poor dad goes over the perspective that a person doesn't have debt 
and has money to spend. In many cases, this isn't the position many people are in. Most people are just beginning their financial journey. So if you're in this category, I would go for Tori's book. Again, I think anybody should actually go for Tori's book or even uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Remit Sethi. The big reason behind it is because these two books provide you a great basis, a start to fix your financial health, your habits around finances. And a lot of people, I think, spend a lot of money. And I think that's the biggest thing is how do we relocate that money toward ourselves so that we're investing for the long term, but investing also for the short term, but also not only that, but paying off debt and also being able to be financially sound, not only for now, but also for the future. And that's very, very important. And then for any woman, again, I would read this book. And then for Tiffany, I would also read Tiffany Alicia's book called Good With Money. This is a really solid book as well. That's what I would say. I mean, this is actually a really good book. Again, it focuses heavily on the it focuses on the financial habits, and that's a big thing that a lot of people have to focus on. Fix your finance, financial habits, and everything else will fall into place. So, what did I like? Uh, there's no restrictions. So, Tori wants you to save for things that you want to buy, like for travel or whatnot. But she also wants you to pay off debt, invest, etc. So. It's like that balance, right? And she provides a great way to do it in the book. So definitely check that out. Uh, she provides a you know a good budget plan for you guys to you know invest money, be able to pay off debt, as well as put money toward what you like. So restaurant, food, or traveling, etc. Very nice, and it's a really good template. So if you want to splurge on dying, do it. You know, have her budget, and this is what Tori Dunlap provides in her book. So if you want more information, definitely check out the book. So this book is also actionable. This is number two. And the vice in this book is very actionable. One of the big ones that I did that shifted my spending habits is tracking whatever I spend for the last four months. So I started in January and then now it's April. And this has really shifted my entire financial future, uh, financial habit. And it's been crazy. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But this is a really powerful thing to do. And again, this has made me spend less money and put that money toward more money toward investing, saving for you know car repairs, and then also for debt. What I not like, actually, this was a very solid financial book, one of the best ones that I've ever read. And I would say nothing. This was a solid book. I highly recommend reading it. Any lessons in the book? Again, the big one that I would say is track your spending. Track your spending for an entire month. Track what you spend at anything, right? Track where that money's going for your bills. Track where the money's going for groceries. Track the money that goes toward debt, etc. Track everything. And now you're going to figure out ultimately what you spend mostly on. How do you can reduce that? How can you save a little bit more money. How can you put more money toward debt, etc.? Again, finances is personal. Find what works for you. But also, you got to think in the long term. You got to start investing. You have to start paying off your debt if you have debt. And start building a great financial habit base. And grow that for the next, for the long term. So this um, opened up my eyes on how much money I was spending. Uh, ultimately, it made me spend less money for the last four months. You know, the first couple months, I was like, damn, what am I doing? And then over the last, uh, like, couple months, like, the last, like, two months, I literally have, like, slashed my spending on restaurant food and Funko Pops, which were my big two things that I would spend on. And I slashed it. And I rarely spend any money on that now. And so that excess money that... I don't spend goes straight to debt or actually saving toward, you know, car repairs, like brakes, etc. And that's very important. And ultimately I figured out that, you know, all this materialistic stuff I was buying didn't really make sense. I don't really need that stuff. Why am I buying it? I don't really buy clothes. Why do I need clothes? Uh, 
like all those like high brand stuff like you don't i don't really need that so why why do i need it you know i i wear a couple shirts from work and i keep on repeating that over and over again obviously i wash it but it's just like i don't need to buy all this uh, like all these other clothes and shoes and everything like that because i'm not gonna wear it so why do i um, why am i gonna pay for it same with restaurant food. For me, it's just like this food is so bad for me. It doesn't provide any beneficial thing for me. So why am I buying it? Right. And so my biggest thing is health. I love health. I love fixing my health. And I realized ultimately that it wasn't good. I was ultimately gaining so much weight because of I was eating at restaurants and I, I, I didn't really need to spend any more money toward restaurants. I wasn't really going at out at like extravagant restaurants or anything like that. I was just going to McDonald's and Burger King and those, those can be cut out. And so if I cut those out, I cut out my restaurant food. So yeah, it's just, I, I looked at that and I was like, that's what needed to happen. Funko pops for me too. Is this like, I looked at it and realized that the only ones I really want to spend on are the convention ones or the Spider-Man ones. And honestly, I'm reducing that as much as possible as well. So over the last, I haven't bought like a Funko Pop in the last two months. And I think that's huge. You know, it's a big thing. And I've actually canceled a lot of my orders through Walmart and Target. I'm like, do I really need this? And I'm really like, no, I don't really need that. Like this take that out put that money toward debt and let's let's get let's start the ball rolling here and start paying off our debt very soon and very quickly so that we can pay it off maybe in a little bit sooner than five years right and that's the that's the big thing i'm looking at all these things i buy and the biggest ones like a restaurant food and funko pops and again i'm like thinking like is it really necessary? And they're, they're not. I, I'm satisfied where I am financially. And I don't really need to spend in any other thing. And so. You know, that might be a little restricting. But again, like, I, I don't feel like that. I don't feel restricted. I I just feel like I'm re I've changed my attitude towards spending and it has significantly reduced. And ultimately, if my spending reduces, I'm able to have a little bit more money that I can invest, save toward repairs for car repairs, and then also put that all the rest of that money toward debt, which is the ultimate goal. So number two, emergency saving account. Tori mentions at least three months to six months of, you know, emergency saving account. This is huge because before doing any financial move, investing or getting assets or paying off debt, this is what you should have because you want to be comfortable, right? You want to be comfortable, especially when you're paying off debt, like a large amount of debt like I am. You have to be and you want to be comfortable. Like I feel so comfortable right now that paying off this amount is I like I'm able to do it more confidently. And I think that's the beautiful thing. I think that's going to make it a lot more fun as well through this journey is that I have a buffer, a big buffer. And that buffer has allowed me and is allowing me to pay off debt a little bit more, not as restricting as if I just saved a thousand dollars in my saving account. Like that's, that's not going to work out. And ultimately, I just saved a lot more money and I just I feel more comfortable. I'm like, OK, I've never felt in my life as good financially as I am now. And again, I I still live paycheck to paycheck almost, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable, too, because I also have two jobs. So I'm able to get a little bit more money, but also I'm really like reducing the amount of money that I spend on several things. And so it's it's really cool to see that, and I'm really glad what's ever like happening. Again, I I don't have kids or anything like that to spend on, so that is a huge factor to consider as well while you're 
building your finances is if you have kids, that's uh, another thing that you should really focus on as well. Tori Dunlop mentions a little bit about this in her book, but Remit Sethi and I Will Teach You to Be Rich talks a lot about this. So definitely check that out because he has uh, he has several kids. So, you know, building that wealth, not only for him, but also for their future is really pivotal too. like saving up for college and everything like that. Like by the time my kid is in college, which is 20 years from now, right, uh, that the, the college is going to be astronomically high. Bowling College here in Maine, it's a private liberal arts college. That's probably going to be at least 100K to probably 110K. By the time in 20 years, yeah, probably, which would be absolutely insane. 100K for a private liberal arts college, dude, that's just insane. Actually, some of them are actually increasing to about 90. Bowdoin's almost, well, the one that I went to, Denison, is about 80 right now, and that's insane. Again, you get, you know, with that those colleges, you get some good scholarships. But, again, for me, I still had to pay got a, a chunk of that through loans or scholarships, right? And, and for me, like, the price of the school kept on going up, and that's what you got to really consider. The cost of school is just astronomically high. It's just, oh, my gosh. Oh, damn. Anyways, I progress. But, yeah, emergency saving accounts is very important. Oh, number three, debt. This is my favorite section, ladies and gentlemen. I love this section because, you know, I'm living through it, right? I'm, I'm trying to apply the lessons that I've learned from over 10-plus books or over 20-plus financial books to my life over, you know, what should we do with debt? And, you know, I got $125,000 in debt right now. And how I'm going to pay that off is is what I'm working on. And right now I'm working through a loan that I took to pay off my credit card debt. And I'm almost paid off that. And then after that, it's going to be strictly paying off the, the amount of money that I have toward my private loan, which is very small. And after that, it's the big chunk the big student loan which is roughly around $108,000 and so it should be fun right so with this amount of debt you know I don't want to pay this amount again I don't want to really get into debt and this is probably why I'm not going to buy a house it's uh, really not a good financial decision for me I don't really want to get into massive debt I really don't want to buy a four or five hundred thousand dollar house and have to pay that off like $500,000. That's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. And honestly, I, I'm I'm already paying off a large amount of debt right now. I don't really want to do it again in my life. Like, nope. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. So, so debt is a loan from a bank, either that be a bank loan or credit cards. Uh, debt can also come from student loans that you have that you have to pay back to the government. Again, like I'll say student loans aren't really that bad. It's an investment for your future. Uh, education is always a good investment. Learning is always a good investment, but college is so expensive right now. It's costing a ton of money and it's just unbelievable, man. And so then it gets in the fine line. If like, is really college really a good investment now? I mean, it's so much money and you can get a lot like you can get free classes from Harvard for free and you're getting the the same education that, you know, people are paying for. So I, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy amount of money. And a lot of people, you know, are, are now have to pay more and more money into debt. It's just oh, it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, credit cards is really bad. Uh, I would say credit cards are the worst form of debt that you can get into. Uh, now the APR is now 24%. That's the average APR, which is basically an interest interest fee charge on your credit card bill balance. So if you maxed out your credit card balance, your interest fee charge is going to be very high. So it's very important to pay off your credit cards. That's the biggest thing is like 
with any investment, the best thing to do is to pay off your credit cards first and foremost, because the APR on that is far more than you'll get through any other investment. And so basically you're, you're forking over more money that you could potentially in the future pay toward, you know, investments, et cetera. And that's, that's so important. Again, you're, you're forking over a lot of money toward, you know, interest fee charges. And if you didn't have any money in credit card debt, then you wouldn't have to do that. And then that money could be allocated towards something else like travel, et cetera. And that's, that's important. The problem with uh, credit cards is that you need it. You need credit card to build a good, you know, credit history. You have to pay your credit bill. The biggest thing is like with credit cards is I think credit cards are important and a lot of people don't use them well. Actually, majority of Americans don't use them well. And that's the biggest problem is like you have to use them well, because if you don't, then you're going to get sucked in and then you're going to be paying a a lot of money on that. And you're just going to be in a cycle, a credit card debt cycle that traps you in for 10 plus years. That's what they're really, for example, the minimum charge or the minimum Payment is $30 per month. You go from 2000 to 1970. Interest charge is $30 while you're back to 2000. You see how this is working? It's just back and forth, back and forth. So if you pay the minimum, you're not uh, going to pay off your balance for a long time, almost 10 plus years. And that's the point is that they, they're, the credit company is trying to make money off you. And that's not what you want. <laughs> You, so basically, the biggest thing is just to pay off your credit card as quickly as humanly possible. Don't get into these scammy things. The best thing that I would say to do is just actually get a loan from your credit union or from your bank, a personal loan, and then have that personal loan, have them pay off your credit cards. And then freeze your account so you don't spend that amount of money on or don't spend on your credit cards and then start paying off that personal loan. That's the one thing I would do, right? The biggest thing is you have to build your, a better habit on not spending that amount of money on your credit card. And I would say too, is like pay your monthly bill every month. That's the biggest thing I would say. The one thing I would opt you guys not to do is to go through a, a company that, lumps your payments all in one sum and then cancels your debt your credit cards i would not do that because that ultimately leads to bankruptcy and that's not what you want and so i highly suggest you guys doing one of two options either getting a personal loan to pay off your credit card debt and if you can't do that then i would just say pay more than your minimum payment so if it's 30 dollar minimum payment pay off pay at least like 100 200 and just keep on pumping that in again what i would say is like focus on the credit card that has the lowest payment like if it's a 500 credit 500 credit card pay that off first and if you have another one that's 3000 pay that one next. And if you have another one that's 10000 pay that one next, right? And so that you go from the smallest to the biggest. And that will really help you kind of propel forward. Like, okay, I can do this, provide you the confidence that you need to pay off that credit card debt. So important. I'm not going to discuss a lot about credit card debt, but it's in a very important concept like, you don't really handle it well you're going to get trapped forever and it's going to uh it's going to mess up your uh financial health for the long term and it's going to mess up the amount that you put toward things that you want and that's the biggest thing i don't want you guys to do is i want you guys to spend a little bit toward what you want like travel etc and if you have credit card debt that's really preventing that and I think that's a big focus is 
once you establish an emergency saving account, you really need to focus on your credit card debt because that is really where the money's going. That's where your money's going, credit card debt. Uh, and also tracking the other amount that you spend toward other things and really try that as well. And that's very important as well. You know, credit card debt as well as the other miscellaneous or other things that you don't really need to buy at the moment. Those are the two things I would track is um, that I really would focus on right now after the emergency saving account. All right. The other lesson is transportation, right? And Tori Dunlap really mentions this a little briefly in the book where she doesn't mention that you should bike to work. It's like very unsafe. And I totally agree with that, you know, specifically if it's at nighttime, etc. as well as like the roads here in the United States are horrible, right? They're not safe for people who bike, who walk, etc. I mean, there's sidewalks and everything like that. Yes. But majority of the time, like, especially in Maine, like, there's no sidewalks at all. Only in, like, little towns. And they stop, like, right after, like, Main Street. And so it's, like, no point. You know what I mean? It's just, like, what do I do? And the scariest thing for, like, biking, for example, is that you have to ride with traffic. Not against traffic. You got to ride with traffic. So the cars are coming you know, behind you, you can't see the car. And that's why I always turn my head now because I, I, I got hit. So what happened was when I got hit was I really didn't want to be on the side where, you know, the cars were, you know, I, I didn't want to go with traffic because the road was actually pretty bad. I felt like I was safer against traffic. And so it was my fault. I was driving, you know, biking down traffic or, against traffic and i was going down a sidewalk car turned and i thought she saw me she did not and when i when she was turning i didn't see that she didn't see me and i kept on going couldn't press on the brake and i smashed into the car catapulted into the air a couple feet and uh rolled into almost incoming traffic but there was no cars luckily so if there was cars i would have been that would have been even worse but you know my head to bash off the ground and after that event like it was hard for me to get back to biking and it took me almost a year and now here i am a year later getting back into biking and you know trying to everything just it's like you're in a flow zone and, and I like for me, it's like I'm in a meditative state and it just feels so good. And I, I, I really love that form of exercise. It doesn't really feel like exercise to me until after, you know, when I when I go to bed and I have to penguin walk because my hamstrings and quads are just cramping up. It, it's really cool to have the ability to the bike to the work some of the, the majority of the roads are back roads and I'm able to get on a trail and I really have a fun time with that. And so the biggest thing with that is I'm reducing the amount of wear and tear that I have on my car, roughly around five to six months of the year. I'm going to try to push biking to probably fry, probably to early October, maybe late October. We'll see. I have to get more lights on my bike to, for that to happen, but I really want that to occur. So we shall see, you know, my bike almost half of the time for the week. I, that's going to be great. It's going to limit miles on my car. It's going to limit wear and tear on my car. And I want to keep that car as much as humanly possible so that I don't have to buy a new car. That's the biggest thing I don't want to do right now is buy a new car because, you know, cars are expensive and I really don't want to take a loan out. I don't want to take a auto loan out from the dealership because that would be a lot of money. Uh, I don't even want to take a private loan out. I don't want to get into debt specifically on a car, right? Because I own my car outright and I really just want to keep it for the next several years and just keep on pushing. Because right now, financially, I don't have the ability to, I don't have the money for a car. I don't really want to buy a new car. And right now I'm not financially stable for me to have a car. So I'm going to push it off a little bit, save uh, a little bit more so I can put a big down payment, hopefully pay it off 
or save up for a big down payment or potentially just ha- save enough where I could just pull, f- purchase the entire car outright, which I would love to do. Maybe I'll take out an all, a small auto loan. So I'll hop out my credit score, maybe bump it up to, you know, above 800, but we'll see. I won't take out a big auto loan, but the, the opportunity for me to bike is, is awesome. And, if you guys have the opportunity, if you guys have the opportunity to bike or walk to work, I highly suggest doing it. Now, of course, if it's not safe, I wouldn't recommend it. But for me, it has allowed me to slash a lot of the costs that I have specifically for the car. You know, I don't have to worry about repairing my brakes as much. You know, I don't have to worry about, you know, oil, etc. And... It's really cool, and I, I'm really excited about that. The other cool thing about this idea about transportation is that my other job that I have, so I work at Domino's, Domino's allows you to have or basically is having a fleet of electric cars at majority of Domino's in the United States. They have a ton in Maine, they have a ton in other states as well. But this allows a lot of people to actually be drivers and not have to put wear and tear in their car, which is an awesome opportunity. And it prevents a lot of you know wear and tear in my car. And so I'm able to use the electric car a lot. You know, the days that I work, I mostly use the electric car as much as humanly possible. So it prevents me to get or use or drive like... 50 to 100 miles right i'm able to drive only two dominoes and back and it's a win-win for me and it prevents a lot of wear and tear so instead of putting wear and tear in the car and putting money into the car i'm actually putting money into debt which is the ultimate thing that i wanted uh, i tried doordash but doordash is not really a good side income because big thing is like you're you're paid by how many deliveries that you have so I've had periods of time where I wouldn't get paid at all. You know, I would sit there for an hour and I'm not paid. I'm not getting paid. And like, I would not get any deliveries. And it was like six o'clock. I'm like, dude, what? This is pointless. Uh, so I realized that DoorDash isn't the, the best option, specifically in Maine. Like sometimes like I did in Ohio, like some, like it was all right. But again, you got to think about the wear and tear in your car. You got to think about gas, etc. You know, and I did DoorDash for a good part-time job in Ohio. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. But again, like you're, you're only paid for what you deliver. You're only paid for what you basically pick up and etc. But for Domino's, you're paid tips from your delivery but also you're paid hourly, which is pretty nice. And then also now we don't have to worry about a car. So those are three big wins that put uh, Domino's delivery as one of the better delivery jobs out there. Again, you could probably, you could probably use the, the car as a business expense, which some trackers do that. But again, you're not really... You're able to get a lot of tips sometimes, and then you're able to not have to use uh, your own car if your Domino's has an electric car. But yeah, it's it's such a great option to kind of slash the the transportation costs a little bit more, so that but also for you to get a little bit more money as well. So sometimes those that job like those that late night jobs are kind of the, the the only option and for me that was like one of the only options i had because it allowed me to work at nighttime and after work etc so i decided to do it and it has paid off well and I, I i cannot express how awesome the the delivery job is so the last lesson i'm going to talk about is house in a house. Tori Dunlop doesn't own a house and is not going to own a house. And this really brought me into like a question and debate over my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, what should I do with it? Should I own a house? Should I not own a house? I've had this conversation in my head for several years. 
And Tori Dunlap really helped me finalize that I don't want a house. There's no financial benefit for me to own a house. I've looked at the cost. I've looked at, you know, initial investment. I looked at, you know, if I'm going to be making that money, money, etc. And it just doesn't pan out. Here are the reasons why I'm not buying a house. Number one, I really don't want to get into uh, another big loan. So now houses are ranging from three to $400,000. So I really don't want to take out a loan for that amount and have that debt. Honestly, it's just for me that $300, 300K amount would just freak the living crap out of me. I would I'd be like, okay, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep, honestly. And I wouldn't be able to sleep until the house is paid off. And that would be almost like probably 10, 15 years. And I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to waste my time paying that off. Yeah, I wouldn't want to waste my time right now paying it off because I'd rather do other things, right? Travel, etc. Now, if I bought the house when I was 20, oh, that'd be a whole different story. Then I would honestly just pay that amount and that's what i would do ultimately uh if i didn't really have any calls yet etc i would probably buy a house but right now it's it's definitely not the the decision because i'm already paying off student loan debt i really don't want to get into more debt with a mortgage i don't want to get into more debt with a car loan either so yeah it's just I don't really want to do that. You know, it could be an investment for the long term. It could be an asset. I could sell it, etc. But I, I don't really want to deal with that. And again, residential property is so hard because there's an if. You know, it could increase. It, de- it could decrease, actually. You could be losing money. You could be gaining money. There's a very if probability with residential property. If I was going to buy anything, if I really wanted to get into more debt, and buy something i would rather buy a commercial property that's the biggest thing is like if i if i wanted to do that i would just buy a commercial property get a apartment up above sleep up there and maybe like form a business downstairs restaurant bookstore whatever it is that's what i would do that i think that would be a, a lot better financial investment for me And also commercial properties are a better financial investment. You're able to sell it quicker and then you're also able to get a lot more money off it as well. Again, the value of those kind of decrease, but uh, commercial properties are actually on heavy populated areas. So you're more likely to have that increase than decrease. Another reason for me is it's like taking care of a, it's like, it's like, it's like a car on steroids, you know, for a car, you always have to do the repairs and everything like that. And you always have to take care of it, etc. you know, put oil in it, whatever it is. And for me, I don't really like that. I hate having a car. I, I despise having a car. If I'm able to, I'm going to try to prevent using my car, which is pretty cool. Cause now I'm able to bike to work. And so I'm able to do that. And so that cuts a lot of costs specifically on my car. Uh, luckily for me, I mean, majority of the what I'm biking on is pretty safe. There's a lot of sidewalks, but in a lot of like space for a lot of space for the bike and the car. But uh, some areas are not. And that's the big problem is that in the United States, uh, we provide and have the option with as cars as number one and as tram- cars is number one as transportation. And it should be the other way around. It should be bike, should be car, it should be walking, it should be the metro as well. And we don't do it really well in the United States. Europe does it really well. I really like how Europe does it, and we should really model that off uh, off them. Again, if I didn't have the option, I wouldn't have a car and how the problem is i need a car i really don't want to worry about the repair on that car as much and for me if i'm able to reduce the amount of wear and tear i put on that car by biking that's all do i'll do that and same with the house the house i'm not really obligated to buy a house right the american dreams to buy a house blah 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 whatever i don't really want to buy a house i don't really want to deal with that repair and maintenance 
issue, etc. I'd rather someone else do it. And so with an apartment, I'm able to have someone else do it. I'm able to have someone else mow the lawn, etc. And that's uh, the best part for me. The other thing, too, is I'm going to be stuck in that area for a long period of time. So if I buy a house, I'm stuck in that area. And I really don't want to be stuck in an area. So if I get an apartment in Hawaii, right, I can just end my lease after a couple months or whenever the lease ends. And then I can move to another area. And that's really what I like to do, especially when I'm younger, is just be able to travel, move around. And after I pay off my debt here in Maine, I'm moving. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be moving, but I'm definitely not staying here in Maine. Uh, For me, I don't like to... I like to be in different areas and I think that goes into the factor with, you know, getting or buying less stuff for me too, is I'm trying, I'm going to be traveling a lot. So I have to be paired down a lot. I might even travel and maybe even getting a van and potentially go around the United States and maybe travel that way. I don't know. We'll see. For me, it's just like, I'd rather be in different areas, kind of look at the different areas and, be in, in live in different areas and kind of experience what's going on in those areas and i can't really do that with a house i'm kind of stuck in that area but yeah those are the three big reasons why i don't really want to own a house and i'm not gonna buy a house but the biggest thing for me is just actually yeah all those big all those reasons are big for me because i i don't really want to be worried about you know that amount of debt that i initially have to worry about it could pay off in the long term, but I don't really want to worry about the debt first off. Second off, I don't want to worry about the repair maintenance. And then also, lastly, I don't really want to stay in that area if I don't have to. And so if I bought a house here in Maine, I would have to stay in Maine. And I don't really want to stay in Maine for the next, after the five years after paying off my debt, I really don't want to stay in Maine. So, yeah, it's just, for me, houses is not an option. For Tori Dunlap, she talks about not owning a house and the benefits of that and again finances is personal you guys can judge me on not buying a house but for me that's my personal decision my financial decision that i'm not going to buy a house now if i have the opportunity i'm going to buy a commercial property definitely that's what i'll do and i'll probably branch it off maybe make a bookstore own a bookstore or maybe do another venture or something like that i don't know but we'll see I don't, I don't really know what the future holds. All right, that is it for the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And again, stay tuned for next Friday. I'm going to be talking to you guys about Luminous by Jim Quick, a brain, the brain coach. It's going to be a powerful episode. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next Friday. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, and Twitter at Johnny's Book Reviews, definitely do that. Provide a ton of reviews on there as well. So Goodreads is just uh, review-based. Now, for my other social media handles, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc., those are the ones where I provide you know my reviews, but also videos over the books, and then also provide little pictures of you know signed books I get or pictures of quotes I see from books that sparked my interest. I provide a ton of stories on my uh, Instagram page, so definitely stay tuned for those, and definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews. And follow me, of course, too. And then also I provide a short every day over over a book that I see, a signed book that I'm getting or have collected, or a review over a book. Um, I'm going to probably hit it more short reviews on that platform so definitely stay tuned for that but again you can uh, follow me on youtube at johnny's book reviews so follow me and uh, get awesome tips and book reviews and also videos short videos of books that i think look cool etc and then also my website at johnny'sbookreviews.com i have a ton of book reviews that i haven't been able to put on here yet so definitely look at that i have also a lot of reading questions that i have on there like how do i save money on books how have i not spent any money on books etc etc and one year i I spent no money on books and 
I provide a blog on there. So definitely look at that. If you guys want to support this channel, you can give a donation from $2 to $10 per month that helps out provide better reviews for you guys or help with equipment, etc. to provide better reviews. And then also, if you guys want to support this channel too, we I have merch on the uh, bonfire.com at Johnny's Book Reviews. I have a Read Bands book where I have eight band books that I sparked my interest and that I've read. And, you know, they go over a wide range of topics, sexuality, gender, sexual assault, mental health, etc. And I thought those books were really good to put onto the shirt. And so that's what I did. Read Band books. I have two lines. And then I also have a Go Read line, Challenge Yourself line the Johnny's Book Reviews logo line. So definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews on bonfire.com. And then, of course, follow this podcast for more reviews that comes out every Friday. So I'll I'll drop an episode every Friday, roughly around 8 to 10 a.m. So definitely check that out. Stay tuned and follow or subscribe to this podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next Friday.